when you're talking about the mindset is the first thing i absolutely 100% agree with you because once you have the mindset and you have the mental resilience to do stuff then it's very hard to stop you but i take that a bit further and say mind body spirit yeah like and at times one can be stronger than the other in order to have your best mind you need to have your best body as well i use this analogy a mindset of an entrepreneur body of an athlete and spirit of a monk I love that yeah nice one yeah um agree yeah, but it's a little bit different it's happiness um mindset and then wow What's up guys? It's your boy Nikhil and today we are back for another episode of Into the Muse. Right here I got a good friend of mine. I know him as Aubrey. You might know him as Snaps on 7, but I also call him the Snap Man. <laughs> what's up, bro? Hey, what's going on? You good? What's up everybody? All good over here. Good to have you on the show, bro. For sure. Good to find you make it happen. Yeah. So you have a lot going on right now. Yes, sir, sir. Yeah, I know you just launched a magazine. Yeah. Yeah, do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, so um I guess it, it was supposed to be a blog. Okay. Uh, originally. But um as a team we spoke about it and also just realized that the amount of things we want to cover in each blog um had to be much bigger than that. Um we needed to talk about every so it's called the Marvel and Told, it's all about Marvel. And if you're going to talk about Marvel, you got to really give the people something of value unless you're dropping a blog post, a blog post daily. Yeah, and uh, like we do. And we don't want to do that once we drop one issue each month, you know, because also we do a whole bunch of other things as a as a business. So, um yeah, we decided that in order to adequately um create something of value, it has to be a magazine. Like the blog just wouldn't suffice. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I have viewers here from all over the world, not just South Africa, it's international and things. So, let's tell them about Melbourne. Like what makes Melbourne so special to you? And why do we need a blog or a site for Melbourne? Well, firstly, I think you got to give them a bit of context. Yeah. In terms of like what I do. All right. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that <laughs> because like Um just talking about why Marvel is so special to me um will sound kind of weird without the context of what I actually what I'm doing here which is um trying to um raise the social value and the, the actual value of underrated culture hubs beginning with Marvel my own way of spawning ways yeah so pretty much creating new tourist attractions where using locations that are otherwise left out Let let's speak about what you do cuz you're always on the streets of Melbourne. You're always there. I'm supposed to be, but these days I'm not there as much yeah. as I should. Um so I started off uh just hustling man like I was hella hungry so and I'm an entrepreneur. Like I'm an entrepreneur of no I'm the Kobe of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I saw I saw um cuz I had to I, I went through some stuff in life or whatever and Um I had to try and find uh well cut my expenses and I found a place to sign here with my life coach she had like a 
young college Nyana that I could get to and pay a bit less than my So just, you know, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you think that way, the first thing is when situations are tough, look at what the big expenses you can cut out as soon as possible and then figure out how to move lean, you know? So that's what I did. And when I got, I found myself in Marvel and I just saw that, look, you, like as an entrepreneur, I was, I'm a hustling ass, so I saw that there's a hub here of people who are just coming to spend cash. And there's a lot of them and different types of them and there's different types of businesses. And then I was like, bro, there's gotta be an idea here. Like there's something I can tell these folks. Like I've never had like, as an entrepreneur, I've always been pushing online mostly. Yeah. So to actually be able to flex my entrepreneurship skills to real people, I was very excited with that prospect. So I decided, um, um, well, actually, my niece was graduating from school, and um, from UJ, and she was not, was it UJ? No, it was like some nursing school, whatever, and she was like, yo, uh, please bring your camera. So I brought the camera, and um, actually, I didn't bring the camera, I forgot the camera. <laughs> and when I get there, and it's, it was quite far, the, the, the thing was like two, three taxis away, mm. the, the, the way the place was, where the graduation was happening. And um, I get there, and there's another cat with the camera coming to support his sister or something. And everybody was like, yo, take a picture of us, take a picture of us. And he's like, yeah, 20 bucks. Yeah, 20 bucks. Oh, so that's where you got your rate. I was like, oh, man, this guy's like, he's about to make thousands. <laughs> I was like, shit. And as an entrepreneur as well, like, you always think you need to move quick. So mm -hmm. when an opportunity arises, as long as you obviously have the right, correct info, yeah, you need to make sure that, okay, quickly validate the situation. Just the speed. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. first you gotta validate the, the opportunity because most opportunities seem like, the, like opportunities until you do them. Then you realize why many people don't do them. Mm. So uh, as soon as it's validated, you've gotta move quickly. So I still thought to myself, shit, bro. I could actually catch those three taxis back home, fetch my camera, and still come back and make a little bit of cash. So you did that? I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, fear held me back. Like, I guess some sort of, I don't know, fear a little bit, but at the same time, I was like, yo, this man is doing his thing, you know? This is his lucky day, you know? I wasn't here, I wasn't based. I could probably have made a bit of cash. But at the same time, I just thought, on the way home, I was just thinking, shit, I could have done it. Oh, yeah. Man. Damn, procrastination. Got back home, took the camera, went for a walk around Marvel. The first person I saw, I was like, yo, you'd like to get a snap? It's only 20 bucks. Hey, they were like, of course. Next thing before I even got to smoke, this is from like 27 boxes. Before I even got to smoking kills, which is like a 250 meter walk, maybe 300 meter walk, less, probably about 200 meter walk, no, even a 100 meter walk. Um, before I even got to smoking kills, I had made like 200 bucks, bro. And as I get to smoke and kill, somebody I knew is like working inside, uh, a friend of mine, Mika, shout out Mika. She's working inside uh, smoke and kill selling tickets. And she's like, yo, um, they're looking for a photographer. Sebastian needs a photographer, come in. I was like, what? Dude, I made like so much cash that night and I still sold the, the, the snaps back to Sebastian. And I was like, what? I knew there was something here. <laughs> <laughs> So I never left. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's why I met you as well, the Smoking Kills. I remember that, that. the night that so, my first phone got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> I've been through three phones, four phones now this year. Unfortunately, yeah, that's the other side of Marvel. Mm. Yeah. That's just South Africa in general. Well, yeah. this Marvel, yeah, the Marvel, Marvel yeah. yeah. Guys, <laughs> if you're ever in Marvel, please watch your phones. <laughs> Whatever you do, watch your phones. But yeah, that's what I like about you, like your hustle. Like I saw you were there taking pictures, you were grinding, mingling with the people. Working like that's what I like. I like people who have a goal and they set out to do it no matter what. Like there's always I know especially in your field of like being a camera operator or cameraman, there's always those technical difficulties that you have to go through every day. And it's very easy for like people to come across these like stumbles and barriers and obstacles and just like give up saying, nah, I'm done. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something else. And I've been like listening to people and like taking in info and stuff, especially by people who like were, were in multiple fields of business doing different things. And there's this place where, you, so you start off and you, you're gonna encounter some obstacles and stuff. And then lots of people are like, nah, this shit is hard. Then they decide, okay, I'm gonna go do something else. <laughs> and then they start again. And then it's a continuous cycle and until you realize, no, this is, this is, you're going up, you're going to go down, and if you carry on, you're going to go up again. And that's what I respect about you, and I like how you do things. So let's speak a bit about, speak a bit about your mindset and your like, routine about going through things. Yeah. Routine in terms of? Like, I know you have a very specific routine that you go about. And uh, before you get a like, you start up doing this morning routine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, firstly, that starts from uh, learning that humans are creatures of habit, mm-hmm. um, and stability is yeah. where we thrive. Yeah. So, um, as I said, when I got through, when I went through some stuff in my life, and I found myself at a really bad position, when you feel stuck in life, the first thing you should do is look inside and see how you can better yourself in order to open up new avenues. So mm-hmm. I read a lot, Yeah, read a lot of books, watched a lot of YouTube, I still do, I'm a, I'm a learning addict. Yeah. So um, first thing, one of the biggest things I learned was that we're creatures of habits and we thrive in stability. Okay. So starting to cut you on the yeah. stress. Me, um, I, I'm, I cannot afford to be in the habit because like my I work all different times and stuff. So that's something that like I'd like to get to at some point, but like right now I'm like I have to be spontaneous. I'm like can't be a creature of habit. Well, there's there's spontaneity, there's spontaneity, whatever that word is, within. So when when I say like stability, obviously like not all of us are nine to five workers. I'm yeah. not a nine to five worker. You don't understand how crazy my day is and how many different things. This is not something that's in my daily routine kind of thing, but I managed to squeeze it in because you 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 need to create. You can't just say like I'm not a person of habit and I need to live my whole life spontaneously. You need to kind of so firstly you you'd uh, go through your whole week. Well, think about an ideal week for you. So there's got to be some stuff that always happens. So maybe you always have to go edit. You always have to record your podcast. You always have to go to the gym. So you find those things that always have to happen. Yeah. And then you build your ideal week. Then when you build your ideal week, uh, with making sure that those 
blocks are blocked out because okay, this is the time that I'd rather go to gym. This is the time where I'm best at whatever. Then you will find that oh shit, okay, I've got this many hours free. I've got this hour free. I've got this time here free. When you have those, then you can start to think about okay, cool. I'm gonna leave these for spontaneous things that may just arise. So once you have that kind of that's my life is literally a timetable. Mm-hmm. I know that okay on Monday I wake up at this time and um, I meditate for this long or I do my morning routine for this long and then I um, then I have a empty block. Then I know that okay cool I like to do communications at this time and I like to do whatever at this time. Then I know that cool if anybody calls me like yo are you busy on Monday can you do this and this and this and that I'll be like I'm only available between this time and that time and that's it. You've got to also respect. People gotta respect your time, and you gotta respect your time enough to enforce that too. Absolutely, kind of thing. I used to be like a super people pleaser. Yeah. Where anybody would say to me, "Are you available now?" and I'd be like, "Sure, I'm yeah. right there." You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, and I, that, you, that messed up my whole. Yeah, that can mind. really fuck you up. Yeah. Because they say, if you're a friend to everyone, you're an enemy to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. You can't just be trying to please everyone, and then. You end up falling short on like what you want to do. Exactly. When you say yes to something, you say no to something else. Yeah. So, how long have you been meditating for, and what kind of benefits have you found from meditating? About three years now. Um, I started transcendental meditation about three years ago. Okay. Went like to a whole course with my brother and stuff. Okay. Um, the benefits. I must say I haven't really gone. Okay, this is the first year that I've gone for a sustainable, long enough time to really, really like get into deep meditations for long. You know, before it was always being broken up by whatever. Like maybe I get turned up the night before, and then like I can't wake up and I don't feel like meditating because I fall asleep because I'm hungover or something like that. So it was really hard to sustain like maybe a full week of meditation before. So I, I felt like that was the main reasons why I wouldn't really see proper benefits. But with transcendental meditation, from the go, you kind of feel the, I guess a little bit. You feel like you can, you get a little bit more energy in a sense straight away. Like you can push for an extra hour in a day or something like that. So how long do you meditate for? Uh, minimum twenty minutes. Okay, that's quite long. Yeah, minimum yeah. twenty minutes. But I, I enjoy hour sessions. Like I always tell myself, oh, we don't have time today. You gotta get to work. Do ten minutes, and then next thing, one day, an hour later, like I don't want to get out of this. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, I think the biggest benefits I've seen is being able to piece puzzle pieces that I otherwise would never have had the chance to. So introspection is the biggest one. So I feel like everybody kind of gets a chance to do this when you do like chores, like when you're doing uh, washing the dishes. You get so deep in your mind, and then you start to introspect about a lot of stuff, and then an idea like connects with another idea, and you start to piece things together. Or like you know, walking, walking as a child sometimes do that. Yeah, you know. But uh, when you deliberately take the time to, you know, stay quiet, get into your mind, and leave yourself there for some time, where the thoughts come in. Like I'm not saying do transcendental meditation or do guided meditation or do whatever. But if you just uh, find yourself sitting quietly with your thoughts for minimum ten minutes, I think ten minutes is too short to really get to the juice because yeah. a lot of my connections happen towards the end of my meditations. Okay. But even that helps because it starts to put things into perspective a little right. bit more. You know, I think that's pretty much the biggest benefit I've had is just retrospecting, like going through things that happened, 
and understanding how maybe they might connect with each other and some of my best at like example asking my landlord for if she had a cottage that I could rent for cheaper um say my landlord asking my life coach whether she had a cottage um that I could rent for cheaper came from a meditation I was just deep in meditation I was like going through a lot of stuff and I was like there's got to be a solution and that's what house that's exactly like even just yesterday I was going through a, like this weekend was quite confusing for me I, I was going through, I'm going through a big period of change mm-hmm. it always happens when I'm going through a big period of change that I needed the most and all of those signs of meditation they culminate to when that moment comes when I need to make a big change or I need to you know like something just isn't right and I'm confused the idea will come just like that yeah meditation is something that I need to get into so I have ADHD so for me sitting still for a while just being in my thoughts they don't really click with me but it's something that I need to I think I should be doing but like for me walking is something because they say walking some of the greatest ideas of all time came to people when while they're walking introspective yeah it's isn't it's introspective that's it you're yeah. just giving a chance to think about yourself right and yes whatever so you said you're going through a big change right now what is that for you um the business is growing um I'm growing um the brand is the, the biggest thing that's growing and um Obviously I started approaching people saying would you like a picture for Tony Rand and um because I was hungry I was being innovative I was being proactive I don't um think negatively of that of any of those situations but a lot of people think negatively of people who other people on the street for pictures if you're in South Africa or in Joburg you know that there's those guys that just wait for you and take a picture and then try <laughs> send it back to you know from the go I knew that like I'm one of those guys at the beginning. Um but I tried my best because as I said I was an entrepreneur so those guys they just I'm not to speak badly of them but they just trying to like live yeah in a sense. So they hustling. I was hustling but I was hustling for a reason for a longer I had a I had a long term vision from the day like from that moment that okay from the first time I took the first picture that first day I had a three I started a three phase plan and oh, okay and every day I went home it started growing and growing and I'll speak to my life cuz thank God I live with it so it was amazing now that I could actually so did she help you come up with this three phase plan or was that your I, that and it came straight from the gods bro it came straight from the heavens bro yeah. like, you know but um having her there was, was amazing cuz she's super duper she's insanely smart yeah, so what what does she do uh, she does a lot of stuff she's a writer she's um into different types of therapy she uh, has published three books um called the fire not belly also there's a podcast on podcasting this plug yes called the fire not belly by yana fades as that's uh yeah she's my life coach she's a really good friend and yeah i don't know where i'd be without the zezes you know they've actually done so much for me um in terms of giving me the opportunity and platform to grow and to find myself um without being judged you know in a sense so it's really amazing i'll come back home <clears throat> with um so i'm a person like i'd say my two biggest strengths are ideas um ideas and like i'd say maybe like a resilience to mm. to 
I don't know, whatever the situation is, if I put my mind to something, I need to make that thing yeah. happen. Yeah. But I'd say like my, my biggest strength is ideas. Like I'm the idea guy. Yeah. So I, I get haunted by ideas like right. at the beginning of the year because I had just gone through this phase of learning, 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 learning. So all these pathways were in my head, but I hadn't had a chance to use them. So landing here, I was being haunted by ideas left, right, and center. So I'll get back home and then I'll just be like, oh, yo, you won't get so I got a new idea. Maybe I could do this and then she'll be like, no, this is dope, this is dope. But you know, you're thinking too small. Like, one thing I realized. Did you you're thinking too small? Well, that's the thing about, I feel like that's the thing about South Africans in a whole. Um, she's from the UK. She's actually born in the UK. She's half UK, half German. And she was raised all around the world. Like, her mom, her parents were travelers. So if you read her book or if you listen to her podcast, you'll hear a lot about that. Uh, but like, also when I speak to international a lot, like my neighbor as well, she's um, German born, she's a UJ a psychology teacher. And I have tea with her sometimes. When I speak to people that like, especially like uh, intellectuals from other like first world countries mostly, they, they, got such a huge way of thinking, you know, like they've got, like, I think I think big, like, I think I, like, I'm the biggest thinker, like, I know, Yeah. but next to her, it's still like, mm-hmm, yeah. you could be doing this. This reminds me of something <laughs> that uh, the Wolf of Wall Street said, Jordan Belfort, mm-hmm. he said this in a talk once, he's like, you're one of my favorites, yeah, he's all time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite people, man, and people, well, not yeah. Jordan Belfort, but yeah, not a cat for you, oh yeah, yeah, respect that. Yeah, in one of his speeches, you told everyone to put their hands up. Everyone raise your hands up, and then people raise it. He's like, is that as high as you can raise it? Raise it all the way up. And he's like, that's how you dream. You could be dreaming even further, all the way up, putting your hand up, all the way up. But you're only going halfway. And that's how you, you dream as well. You should think that you can achieve everything. And like, there's that, it goes back to that other saying. Shoot for the moon, and if you fall, you land on the stars. I think that almost every day. Yeah. That's in my mind all the time. Yeah. So, like, that's something that I'm... I've been dreaming big for a while, and now I'm... I've been playing chess for, like, five months. You're going to teach me chess, though. I have to, (laughs) yeah. Like, right now, this past week, I've been playing for six days in a row, and I've been... Normally, I lose, like, a few games, but, like, for two days now, I'm undefeated. Be playing online undefeated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went through like an eight-game undefeated streak. I was draw. I was getting in stalemates, and with stalemates, <laughs> it's like a draw and stuff. And they're deducting points for that. But I was still like eight games undefeated. So I'm like, yeah. And like the thing about chess, I think I, I mentioned this to you before. But when you start off, you start thinking about your first move and your next move. When you're playing a little bit longer, you think about your next five moves. It's called game theory. Yeah. But they say like the grandmasters, they think 15 moves ahead. That's why I'm doing chess. Yes. And there comes a point where you don't just think about your next moves, you think about your opponent's next move. And right now, I'm, I've already planned like my next 15 moves in life. And I think this relates a bit to your three phase plan. I think that's very different okay. to game theory. Yes. Um, with what I'm, what I'm doing here, it's sort of. I've, I guess I've identified a problem uh, that I feel like I, I'm the best place to 
fix that problem. Best so place geographically or spiritually? I'm the best person, best time, best place geographically. I just feel like I'm the ideal person in this ideal moment in time to fix right. this. I feel like other another person in this, given the, the circumstances and given the variables that be, wouldn't be able to solve this problem. Okay. Can we identify this problem? The problem is um, that Marvel and most of all, yeah, that Marvel is an underrated culture hub. Mm -hmm. It's not a tourist attraction. It's not a major tourist attraction. Yeah. When people come to South Africa, they don't say, hey, I'm going to go to South Africa because I want to experience yeah, They want to go to Kruger Park. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they want to go to Cape Town. They want yeah. to go to Mawaneng, maybe when they come to Joburg or to Monte Casino or whatever. You know, so um, I fully, 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 being born and raised here, believe that um, this place is a tourist attraction. Um, some tourists do find themselves here by luck. <laughs> I call it luck. Yeah. Uh, because it is a really beautiful place to be here. But, and I think the, the most attractive thing about it is the people. Mm -hmm. But uh, the reason why I feel like I'm the best place to do it is because, firstly, being born and raised here, I always make the analogy that I'm a shark in the water, you know, like, okay. like literally this is the ocean and I'm a shark, like, how are you going to compete, you know, and um, at the same time, like, I know the people, the people know me, I was raised by the people, like, growing up, I wasn't um, a kid who would just stay indoors or just, like, with my family, I was raised by the whole community, like, literally all the, the other kids' parents in the street would introduce me as their second son. Okay. Kind of thing. So like, I was literally raised by the Marvel people. I was always in the streets with all different types of friends. You know, the friends from Westbury, the friends from Westby, and the friends from, you know. Um, at nine years old, my brother was the manager of Buzz Lion and Rats, which is now antisocial. And um, I would follow him to work and he didn't know until it was too late. And he was <laughs> too late for work and he couldn't take me back. And then I'll be sitting on the, on, the, on the counter of the bar at Rats and the waiters will take turns looking after me. Kind of thing. How old were you? Nine years old. So like, that's what I'm saying. I'm literally a product of Marvel. So yeah. like, I know these people, I know how they think. You know, they like how I sound. They like how I, I don't know, everything I do, they're just like, oh, wow. And I'm like, it's probably because you people made this. <laughs> that you enjoy it so much, you yeah. know, in a sense. That kind of sounded a little bit arrogant, but no, I, no, <laughs> but, I feel it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't don't be modest. Be honest. For sure. Yeah, that's for sure. what I'm, I like to say. That yeah, my dad used to say that. Like, <laughs> I'm not I, I'm not uh, modest. I'm honest because like when you do shit, like you need to let people know that you're really doing this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to your your belief on learning and things, and let's talk about books now. What kind of books are you? Or what book? Are you reading at the moment? Um, at the moment, I'm reading the Psychology of Money. Okay. Yeah, I took a pause from uh, Cornelius Vanderbilt's The First Tycoon. Yeah. It was a very tough read, but fuck, I loved it, bro. That guy is such a hustler. Oh my god. Yeah. He just like I think one of the reasons why I was just such a brutal, brutal hustler at the beginning when I first started is because I'm also reading that book and. How long have you been reading that book for? The Cornelius one? Yeah. I read it for about two months, but it's very long. It's like, yeah, it's probably the longest book I've read behind Steve. No, Steve Jobs' book was the longest, the longest I finished. But it was like, 
1,200 was very difficult, like it's tough. Yeah. They're talking about filibusters in the South America and Nicaragua. They're talking about like proper politics that happened and the way that you would finesse the politics. So like one of the toughest reads, but just the sheer hunger and passion and drive of the man, like yeah. really got me energized. But I took a pause on it because I saw a YouTube video by Mark Tilbury, shout out Mark Tilbury. Uh, Mark Tilbury, he's an older cat, older gen, older YouTuber, mm-hmm. and um, he talks about getting rich. So I'm all about trying to make a lot of money because right. it's not for it's for positive reasons. But we'll get to that in the future or in the, later in the podcast if needs be. But um, I one of the main things my first goal in life is to find financial freedom, and we're in the information age. So like, why not take advantage of any piece of information you can get? So that's why I religiously watch YouTube videos. I religiously read books, and um, a lot of them are about to, about how to get rich and all yeah. that finesses and all of that. So this guy Mark Tilbury was like, um, I read a hundred books on getting rich, and this is what's gonna work. Yeah, that's something. I told you about it before. <laughs> I told you about it before, and then he talks about. Uh, brutal, brutal forcing your weights from to a hundred k. The first hundred k. What's that? Hard to make your first hundred k. So he talks about what makes you rich. Yeah. So like he says, there's a hundred books that he read that will make you rich. Yeah. And then he's like, the first bit of it, getting to a hundred k, brute force. Okay. Um, like just making sure you push like whatever you're gonna do to get to a hundred k. And he was like, the first thing, the first thing you're gonna do is get your mindset right. Hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like if your mind isn't right, um, you you won't be able to to you're not gonna be mentally strong enough to keep yeah. that money, to say no to the wrong things, to save, to make the right decisions, yeah. those kind of things. So the first book he said he suggested was uh, Millionaire Mindset. Mm-hmm. I stopped every book I was reading right then and there and I went straight for Millionaire Mindset, got it. And I read that. I still listen to the audiobook to this day. I love that book. It literally I can say it was a big life changer for me, huge, huge life changer. And then um, the second one was the psychology of making money. Okay, so I'm on that one. The reason why there's been such a big gap between those two books as well is because um, my business started booming like crazy oh, after the first book. So I, I, I didn't read, I haven't really read as much as I should have in the last six months. So do you have 98 books to go? Yeah, 98 <laughs> books to go. But I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to read them in that, in that thing but yeah. I'm also a very I'm a very like if I believe you like even if it's a lie if if I'll if I think that what you're saying could have some validity validity to it even if I know that maybe it's not scientifically true but if I believe in the whole concept in the whole structure that makes sense to me I'm gonna do what I can to make sure I don't miss a flipping step <laughs> you know so when I first Read, heard that, watched that video. I told myself I'm gonna read every single one of those books. Yeah, and I probably will, but maybe not in that order because I do love biographies, and biographies are not. It's mostly about. It's mostly self improvement books. Yeah, that are there. Not many biographies, and I love biographies. Yeah. So I'll probably take a break here and read a biography. Yeah, when you're talking about the mindset, it's the first thing. I absolutely 100% agree with you because once you have the mindset and you have the mental resilience to do stuff, then it's very hard to stop you. But I take that a bit further and say, mind, body, spirit. 
Yeah, like it's, and at times one can be stronger than the other. But I feel like physically you also need that as well because in order to have your best mind, you need to have your best body as well, the best physical. Be hundred percent physical. So it's what I go through is I, I use this analogy: um, mindset of an entrepreneur, body of an athlete, and spirit of a monk. I love that. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. Um, with me, I got it's a little bit different. It's happiness, um, mindset, and then well, yeah, well, mental strength, and then well, so I guess I guess saying monk is a bit too fast. Uh, more, I'm, I'm an artist, so like, I'd say replace monk with artist, because I think art fuels me, fuels me in most of my directions that I go, and I guess business-wise it ain't the best, but if you want to create your the most authentic art, that helps a lot. Dope. Yeah. Dope. <laughs> <laughs> so you also said you like uh, biographies. And yeah. you mentioned Steve Jobs. Love biographies, bro. Uh, love biographies. Who would you say was your favorite biography? What, which? They're also dope, bro. But I'll be biased. What did you learn the most from? I think the one that. Okay, I'll say the Steve Jobs one because the Steve Jobs one, like, knocked me out of it, kind of thing. Snapped me out of the bullshit yeah. of everything else like yo like there's actually ways to to achieve the life you need you don't need to be you know what I'm saying like we're all hoping for the life we need but we're not willing to I don't know we're not realizing that the, the knowledge is there you know like for me learning some of his maxims and his ideas and his his ways of like the way he confronted certain situations I was like bro how many other biographies are there in the world, bro? They all go to this kind of knowledge. Yeah. This is crazy. So I love that one because it was the most pivotal in my life to change the way I lived. You know, just showing me that, yo, you, you're playing games, bro. You right. can actually be getting into this shit yeah. much quicker. Uh, I love that one. Um, I'll be biased because I think right now I'll probably be biased because um, of the freshest ones. The, like the most recent ones. Oh, so I've been listening to a lot of um, audio books as well because yeah, I've had a chance to read. Um, so Estee Lauder's one is the last audio book I listened to, which is amazing. She's so dope. But actually, actually, no, no, I'm not going to be biased. Hands down, the best biography that ever impacted my life the most and my mindset and everything was Navarro Rabikan, the Almanac of Navarro. Okay. Oh my word. Yeah, actually. Why'd you say that one? It's pretty much all the the ideas and cheat codes and all the biographies put into little flipping tweet form lines. Oh. Straight no nonsense. But also from his way of thinking. So the way he's packaged it. I feel like I can really identify with his way of thinking. We kind of similar types of mindsets I guess but like also it's just like it's no nonsense bro it's like do this 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 yes this, think this get that like kind of thing and it's just no nonsense and it's short very short read like 160 pages or something 180 okay. pages yeah the thing about like these audiobooks like I know it's just me or what but 
lots of them like I already know the stuff like it's already there in my mind like and they just like reinforce it like I never thought about the stuff that they say in a particular way I've thought about it but the way they phrase it I'm like yeah I, I can relate to that well it's like this um, a lot of us are kind of so when you grow up you you're always navigating social things social situations you're always navigating you're always negotiating with your parents with your mom for certain things you always so a lot of these things we were doing them anyway and like game theory example like with your chess or whatever when you're playing knots and crosses you're trying to think what's the next guy gonna do before i like when you're playing rock paper scissors yeah you're thinking three four things ahead that's game theory but like chess on a very very basic level mm -hmm. so you start to lean towards the things that you're naturally good at and that actually have been lucrative or fruitful um, in your ways. And then you start to hone them. And as you get older, you get better at these certain things, but you don't realize what they are or unless you haven't identified them. So when you read these, that's another thing I love about reading books, especially like self-improvement books, is that like some of these things, I get to identify that, oh, that's what I was doing. Yeah. Now that I know that that's what I was doing, now I can deliberately do it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I can even make it better. I can get better at doing that. Yeah. If I want to. Because <laughs> now I identify exactly what it is. I think the guy who wrote uh, Steve Jobs' book, he's recently, I don't know if it's out yet, but he was working on uh, Elon Musk. Uh, he's um, my favorite biographer. Yeah. Um, Elon Musk's also one of my favorite human beings. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like. I respect him to a large degree, but then there's also that other, um, the ethical aspect of him as well. What, what's unethical? Uh, like the way when he took over Twitter, like he fired most of the... What's that unethical? Which part of it was unethical? And do you have enough information? Okay, maybe I don't, but like <laughs> from certain... And also, that's the thing with media, like you hear things, but you don't have, and it's always taken out of context. Like you hear There's specific stuff about them, and then lots of people don't go and do the research to find if it's true or not. But from the biggest, from what I'm saying, the yeah, with Elon as well. Yeah. Um, so with a lot of things with Twitter, with Twitter, like when you fire those stuff, like how many people are unemployed now? But bro, if you. Think about it, you're an entrepreneur. What's an entrepreneur supposed to do? Solve problems. Right. If you get into a place and there's so many flipping problems and they're all caused by the current staff and you realize that the best thing to do in order for this problem to be solved more adequately is to release these people and bring people who can... Like, first and foremost, it's his venture. Like, imagine people started telling me about my job and, like, about my business and who I can and cannot fire. Like, it's my business now. Yeah. So I know the best way to do this. And he's proven so smart in all these other ventures of his. Why are we questioning him now? Yeah. I saw this one thing, like uh he fired this guy, he was like this guy was like disabled or something, like he had like some <laughs> like that guy couldn't like <laughs> I don't mean to know, sorry, treat yes. properly or like he couldn't like he couldn't do something fast enough. And like it was because I have this disease and you almost fired him. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, the reason why obviously there's always going to be ethical things raised with Elon. Elon doesn't do things based on first principles. He's such a. <laughs> okay, we're good. <laughs> 
Uh, he's such a, a human being. Like he sees things as like he he just acts like okay if I if 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 everything I know about this thing is wrong, if it's possibly wrong, how can now with my knowledge and my whatever and my experiences, how, what what do I do now? Kind of thing. Yeah. Given the the situation, so it's like a lot of a lot of things in life are based on conventional wisdom. Mm-hmm. Which is what the one thing that I feel like I identify with Elon Musk in is conven- is the way we are against conventional wisdom. Yeah, like we we like what's it called? Very instinctually challenge conventional wisdom at every mm-hmm. point. So like it's a without even realizing I'm doing it, I'm doing it, and now that I know it, because I. On the way here, I was listening to an Elon Musk uh, um, essay, an essay about Elon Musk. Okay. And they were just talking about how hectic he is at, at doing that. And I was like, oh, now I know that actually that's what I've been doing. But um, it's like society society will say like, okay, when you're born, they're like, this is how things are done. This is how we do things. And then they just like, you ask why. And it's like, don't question it, do it. You know? Or like... You know, things like that. So, or this is how we think, or this is how you should embrace this, or this is how you should go to school, or this is whatever. Like, you should go to school, do this and do this, and then get a job, and then get married. You know what I'm saying? There's all these ways that um, things, and it goes down to a micro level. When you start thinking about, like, technically how to do things, like, you need to wake up at 8 a.m. because of this, or you need to eat your food with the left hand oh you know what i'm saying also that three meals a day thing three meals a day it's unnecessary you know what i'm saying eight liters of water oh i don't know whatever the situation is maybe that could be biologically true whatever but i won't take it for fact until i've researched and everyone's also different everyone's body is different i was about to get to that is that at the same time it's like you don't realize that first and foremost a lot of these things were done were, were created so long ago that maybe in that time and period, given what they had and given what they were consuming and given how they were living, um, those things were the right way to go about things and to live the optimal life, maybe. Yeah. But now, a hundred years later, there's things are cheaper. Things are, you know, eating more fast food. We're no more hunting and gathering. We know, you know what I'm saying? Like, things are a lot more easier to do. And so now you're going to challenge... So now you're gonna you're gonna stop me from challenging something that you're telling me to do. Like I'm gonna listen to a construct that society has made by conventional wisdom. Like no, I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do in my own way because nobody knows me and my strengths and what I've learned and the information I've consumed. And so now I'm gonna approach everything given my resources and my variables. Yeah, you know variables external internal how i grew up like growing growing up here in marvel but at the same time being able to go home to the in rural areas you know has given me a different set so um one of the big dopest things that i learned from navarra recant is um what is it called what is it called unique unique scales or something like that calls it like your, your unique scales or something i forgot what the exact word he uses but it'll come anyway so it's, it's pretty much that that like you, he's like the way to make to get rich is by leveraging your uniqueness in a sense. So your unique, what does it call it? Unique knowledge or something like that. So it's like, cool. I was born in Marvel. I was raised in Marvel, but 
I used to, I, I'm from a baby home um, in Limpopo, so I'd, I'd go there for rules every December. And then I would also be raised in all these different homes. So I was raised, one of my best friends uh, who lived across from my house was uh, from a Portuguese home. We'd go to his uh, family in, in Mozambique and to the farm in Durban. My other friend up the road, Justin, I, they'd call me, me his second, their second son as well. We'd go to Botswana, we'd, you know, they were really, really hands-on, practical people. Like, we would, like, build ant heaps, um, we'd build, like, earthworm farms, we would, like, you know, he had, like, rats and, like, fish and, you know, like, we'd be building things with our hands, you know. So, so like, just those unique traits that I learned from all of those people and all of those places and my language and matching from my language and my grandmother. When you bring them together, there's nobody with that set of skills. Mm. Calls it unique skills, I think. Yeah. Okay. That unique set of skills. You know what I'm saying? So once you figure out how to, how to productize that or once you start to approach problem solving based on those unique set of skills, that's when you can start really creating a big impact and making something of your own that nobody's ever seen. And I think that's probably why I used to challenge, I challenge conventional wisdoms because I embrace those. So I don't look at, oh, this is how you're supposed to pick up a phone. I look at what I know, what I've seen, what I've heard, what I've learned in the last whatever, how I saw things happening. And I'll be like, no, I feel like picking up a phone like this. Siri, answer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Example kind of thing. Yeah. Absorbing and being a sponge is important because like, like you said, those stuff, like you wouldn't think certain things in your past would like benefit you in the future, but you never know like when like a problem occurs and then it's something that someone told you like 10 years back and you remember that and you're like, oh yeah, that's how I can solve this. Crazy thing while you're there. I remember I came to your house last time and I told you about a guy who I was listening to a book about a guy who was captive, caught as a slave. Oh yeah. By he's a Scottish guy. His name is somebody Orridge. Something Orridge. Um uh, can't remember the first name. Scottish bloke. Um went to the British war in World War One or whatever. Got kept got, got captured by Japanese, the Japanese. Um all of that, whatever, but he was a slave for like 20, 30 years or something. And they were tortured, the most brutal, brutal, brutal torture. And in his young life, he used to play every sport. Like, he never had, like, his life was packed with physical activity. He used to, like, he's, he said in the morning, he'd go for a swim, in the afternoon, he'd go play football, in the evening, he'd be playing cricket. So, like, his life was so packed with physical activity, and he'd also be training and whatever, whatever. So when it came to the worst, 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 worst situation in his life when he was caught captive and he had to, like example, when a, when a ship got bombed by the Americans and they were, they were shipwrecked, he was shipwrecked for another few years, um, he had to swim for many, 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 many miles and he wouldn't have done that had it not been, the, like actually he wouldn't have survived or survived as well or done as well in the slavery situation, like working all day, fighting for this, fighting for survival, having to run for miles, you know, if it wasn't of him growing up so athletic. Yeah. So as you're saying, like the things in your past, they all, you never know which tool you need to use, right? Yeah, absolutely. And some tools you'll think that they ain't that, they ain't that, that like they ain't shit right now. Yeah. <laughs> 
and then you have to just like you know oh shit (laughs) (laughs) kind of thing yeah like life is a journey there's a route that you take towards getting to your destination but it's also very important to like embrace the journey as it is and being present in the moment like I think that's hard like it's a, it's a hard thing for us because we either thinking about oh shit we, we fucked up here now it's playing out in your mind all the time or like shit this thing is coming up I need to be ready and then you forget to be present in the moment and then you're gonna miss stuff and yeah that's why I think it's very important to be present for sure definitely yeah. you know, presence is everything bro. yeah it takes a long time meditation helps you with presence very much it's helped me with presence a lot because it's the moment that you have you're literally giving the moment to thinking about the past and the future yeah and getting into back into alignment yeah with it so if you're forgiving yourself then that's the moment to forgive yourself right if you're planning ahead that's the moment to plan ahead but as soon as you're done I'll be here right and do the best with what's in front of me yeah what (laughs) (laughs) now i just want to take it to the future so financially free that's your motive first life goal first life goal number four yeah so i don't i don't want you to put a time frame on it and things but i know you did tell me before said next year you're going to be financially free so how's that working how's that plan coming about i'm also obviously realizing that things change along the route yeah um, I could possibly, I think when I said it, I felt that it's possible and there's the, the determination was there and it still is, but you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that this big change in my business is about to happen. And I also didn't know that the more my business makes, the more it's going to need to consume. Yeah. Kind of thing. And so now I'm realizing that I probably have to reinvest a lot of my money that I was putting in the stock market, saving and stuff like that. The reason why I felt so confident about being financially free next year is because I was quite aggressive into the stock market when I first got off the ground. I was like, I'm not going broke again. That's never going to happen. So I was very, very aggressive with the stock market. But... I'm now realizing that the best investment I could make is on my venture because I know more information about my business, the people running it, or the people in it, the person running it, mm-hmm. than I know about Apple stocks and if Tim is like good enough to, I don't know what his flaws are or if you know what I'm saying? If Jeff Bezos' flaws, I can't just, yeah. you know, you can, you can, you can have confidence in that stuff, but to an extent, but knowing your business and what you're doing here, you know, you can have more confidence, but honestly, without trying to be biased kind of thing. So I'm now starting to shift my mind on the biggest investment I could possibly make is back into my business, mm-hmm. better than the stock market. So I'm still mulling that. I'm still mulling that. Like, do I, do I now just stop and sell all my? But also, I want to sell all my stocks because Warren Buffett has taught me about the, the magic of compound interest. Yeah. Do you know that Warren Buffett had he stopped investing at 50 years old, 
he would have been a billionaire only and not as famous as he is. In the now he's 90, 90 yeah. something. In the last 30 years, um, so in the, in the last 30 years of his life, he's become in the 50 billions. Shit. You know, a lot of people say like it's because he's a great investor and he learns whatever. And, but his main superpower and super weapon was longevity. Mm. That money wasn't compounding exponentially until he got to 50. Yeah. If he had stopped at 50, we wouldn't have known him. Mm. Yes. So whatever that I have in the market, I'm leaving in the market for as long as I possibly actually yeah for as long as I possibly can to see. For myself first time, yeah. compound interest actually. Yeah. I need to teach you chess, and you need to teach me more about the stock market and shit. <laughs> that thing goes in one year, goes out the other. I don't know. It's, 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 I don't know. I need a, a life coach in investing. I think. But you brought up longevity and like Fin- that. Scholar, financial manager, or financial, financial manager. Yeah. 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 You brought up longevity and like longevity is key. Like before when I first started. I've been doing what I'm doing for like six years, like, like when I first entered this thing and I thought I would have made it by now and shit, but like, dude, like now, that's why I was telling you about my 15, my next 15 moves, I'm planning ahead, like nine years in advance, like I have a goal and like longevity and that's why like also changing your, your lifestyle and shit, like it's easy to get carried away, like especially in Joe, but like it's fast, like you can just be taken for a ride, like you drink this night and then it leads to other stuff. But like focusing on trying to be successful long term, because like when you start a business and shit, like a business, for example, is your, your child. And when your child is three years old, they're still learning. When your business is three years old, it's still taking off. Maybe they're going to like start like becoming more successful in their teenage years and shit. And like, that's what I'm learning now. And I feel like if you plan ahead, like good things can come from it. And if you plan ahead, you're not just going to be helping yourself, you're going to be helping others as well. Sure. And like that's something that- As opposed to? As opposed to just like look at rappers, for example. How many rappers? Like, why, does it, why is it always funny when people say look at rappers? Because <laughs> <laughs> like- Yeah, but you're a rapper. Yeah, but yeah. like, I could just be like only a rapper and I'll be like with my shirt out, jumping on tables, throwing bottles and shit and like rap like a lot of rappers die young. They don't know the game, they don't know the shit. They like just here in it now for the money and shit and then they fall off. And like that's very easy to happen, like especially if you're making a lot of money and shit. And I feel like sometimes it's better not to get everything that you want because good things come to those who wait and like if you're patient with it and like and you learn a lot like you from all these failures all these setbacks and shit like you learn like i hate losing like but like, like everyone hates losing like, i hate losing <laughs> i hate losing but i appreciate losing like you your championship part yeah like you you have to lose to win like you have to learn from your failures to succeed in the future and like that's why like longevity is key because you're gonna be losing the small well, thing. Failures are the most important things. Yeah, they're the most, they're the parts where you learn the most. Yeah, like, they're the parts where you grow as a person the most. So all the wins, the wins are dope, 
but the combination of all the failures you had and those moments that you had to grow. Right. Because of failure. Failures are the most important part of the gamma. Yeah. Like, look at Floyd Mayweather, for example. I don't know if you know him. He's considered the greatest boxer of all time. He's undefeated in his pro record, but he lost one fight in his amateurs. It was, I think it was the Olympics. In the final, he was robbed. He was crying, but I can't do this. I'm never going to do this again. And he's never lost in a pro fight. Because, like, and he's also someone who dedicated himself to his craft. Like, he would go to the club and not drink. Like, he'd just be chilling there. And then, 2 a.m., while everyone's like lit and the car driving, he'd jog home. you just jog at 2 a.m. in the morning. There's a determination yeah. you need in order to um, be great, bro. Yeah. And there's a lot of sacrifices to be great. Yeah. Can you say that again? Bro? Yeah. I was listening again. to one of the songs uh, by Baby Key, man, Kendrick. And he's like, Kendrick's like, everyone wants to be great, but the work don't relate. Exactly. Yeah. That's um, something that the millionaire mindset also teaches you is like, you can't say that you want to be great, but then behave like somebody who isn't on the disc, on the rise of greatness. You know, yeah. Kind of thing. So if, if you were saying, are you losing it, but you're sipping in a club? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. Not that sipping in like you can't sip in the club and be great. It's just, it depends on what you what can't you're doing that all the time. It depends on what you Everybody has their own yeah. trajectory, their own um, variables, you know? Yeah. Situations, you know? Maybe drinking in the club is one of the paths to your success, maybe trying to become the best promoter, club promoter that you want, or trying to be the best drinker ever. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever there is, bro. Like, there's I a think you've had a lot of those, a lot of people with those aspirations here in South Africa, trying to be the best drinker in the world. <laughs> a lot of competition here. Don't get me started about this country, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think, uh, as we, I think we were saying it earlier, like, it's just a bit too social for me here. Mm. Not that, like, I love the people, I love the culture, I love, uh, I just, I love this country, like, the weather, the vibes, you know, but, I'm, like, when you're trying to solve a problem as an entrepreneur, it's tough. Yeah. It's very tough to have adequate people who want to work with you for as hard as you want to work. People, like, maybe you want to get to a certain place to, like, now we want to come to Pizza Vino at a certain time. We'll Shout out to Pizza Vino. Shout out Pizza Vino for having us. This is not a bad chat about them. I'm just saying example. If you want to come to a place like this to record your podcast um, at 6 a.m., you know, nobody's going to want to come open for you at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. Voluntarily because work starts at 8. You know, like if you if we're not shooting until a certain time and then you have to go home at six and it's five to six, trust the whole staff will be outside. Yeah, <laughs> saying go, let's go home. You know, it's just like uh, I feel like this country values the downside too much, like the downtime. Oh, you know okay, yeah. Like there needs to be a balance. You know, like. There's not enough people who want to do great things that will go above and beyond. Yeah. And when you're one of those people, it's tough to be surrounded by, you know, the rest. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because nobody's going to help you. That's also, I guess it also comes back to their goals and their ambitions. Maybe some people just want to be average. Like they just want, they just like cool with a polo and. Definitely. Yeah. But like. And also, like, it's not wrong. They go to their nine to five and then. 
They don't put in 100% effort, they're just there. Uh, knock off time is there, they go home. I'm someone who like, go to work, give my best, and then, but still have enough energy to go back home and then work on my personal stuff. And like, like that's, I think that's the thing that can separate like average from good and great, like willing to sacrifice that time. Sacrifice the downtime, and I'm I'm someone who like I love my downtime. Like I have a downtime every day, but yeah. I still need to get other shit done. Of course, balance is key, bro. Balance is key. But as you're saying, like um, everybody has different aspirations, and um, like family aspirations aren't a bad thing to aspire to. You know, like to have like a good family yeah. to to cultivate your family yeah. life. And I think that especially um, black Africans. Um, like in our traditions and our culture, like that's the sign of great, great like achievement. You know, you, like greatness is having like a proper family that's happy and you know doing cultivating the family moments and hosting family things or you know what I'm saying, like ancestry, all of that kind of thing. Like, so I kind of understand that like when people want to go home exactly at five o'clock, you know, because. They want to get back to their family. They yeah. want to get back to, you know, as I said, like, as you said, um, everybody has aspires for different things. So maybe I aspire to be the greatest dad in the world, mm. uh, not to solve the flying to Mars situation. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's that's also valid. Like, we also just gotta be able to validate people's aspirations and people's paths. You know, like. If that's what they aspire to do, then that's okay. Like, you can't look down on it. You just yeah. got to know that it's valid. So, it just it's just tough when you're an entrepreneur and you're in a situation like to. And that's, I think, that's also one of the reasons why Elon Musk also gets a bad reputation and people like that and like uh, capitalists and entrepreneurs. Because, like, example, you'll hear people at work talking cuck about the boss all the time, you know? That always happens. He's always trying to make us do extra. He's always trying to, you yeah. know. So, it's because when you're in that moment and you know what you're trying to do, well, you're trying to be great yeah. at solving something that's going to be beneficial for the rest of the world or whatever. Yeah. And then somebody has an aspiration to be the best husband, you know, and he just wants to give it back to his wife and cuddle. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't, um, you have to value his aspiration is valid. It's, there's a there's a whole sector of life where they talk about relationships and it's all about being a good husband, a good wife. And people, there's guys there or women there who think who listen to when I read biographies, they're reading about how to become a better partner or about love or finding your soulmate. And so I don't want to say that that's invalid. You know, everybody is valid, but sometimes you feel like you feel like the the importance of what you're doing is more important than those people and and that's why we get the flag as entrepreneurs yeah because i mean i think if you look at it black and white because of the amount of lives and change and like entrepreneurs problem solvers in society so we're going to actually end up benefiting this person if you just 
yeah. help me here. Just yeah. let me do this. Like we, are, like we're doing this. I'm doing this not just for me; it's for you as well. So everybody you know, like, piece of the pie. Or your kids. Maybe I'm changing a way of life. Maybe I'm creating the new cell phone that's gonna make it easier for you to see your kids or yeah. your husband because now you're in that love situation. This reminds me of something yeah. like when I was making one of my short films. So I was producing it. I had to end up directing. And I was acting at the same time. And as a producer, you need to make sure everyone's there. I was paying for a transport and stuff. And like even when you pay for people, like they don't realize it. They don't no, they that. expect it. Yeah, they expect it. And this was out of my own pocket. Like I'm funding everything myself. They don't care. They don't even work. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I want to make a movie. Like I see what that's not Prince of Word though. I want to make a movie. Yeah. Kind of thing. So it's something for you as well. So yeah. But like, if I'm gonna make a great movie and you're in it you're gonna be a part of that greatness and they don't see it can I can I give and, you a cheat code and you're an actor and like what you want you're an actor you want to act can right? I give you a cheat code yeah what you just said there I'm gonna make a good movie you can act in it you gotta flip that you gotta say we're gonna remaking. make a movie remaking a movie give them skin in the game so figure out ways that they can get ownership too yeah so that because now they thinking that you're paying them for their time and then once the time is over you're gonna have this beautiful product but if you give people skin in the game and you say look we're doing a situation here where i've got a really dope idea and i think that we should all be creating this together and we should all be a part of this and we should all have ownership of this so um you everybody's going to get royalty points from this it's going to be your movie too kind of thing depending on how much work you put in you do something like that you say cool I'm the producer director so that means I get 25 20% 45% of the royalties you are the lead actor maybe you get 5 10 whatever you value and but it's obviously going to be fair and for everybody to accept but if you move a bit more like that and everything it'll be a little bit people will be more willing to help yeah. the thing succeed phrasing and Articulation, I think, is uh, a lot of people's problems because, like, they can't articulate it properly, and they come across as something else, something that they don't intend. And yeah, language is important, like the way you say it, your delivery sure. as well. Communication also, key. yeah, I also think a lot of relationships. That's also a downfall. Communication, miscommunication, and things. Yeah. I hear you, bro. Are they trying to pick us up? Oh, I don't know, but we can call it. I think we probably we should. Call it, yeah. <laughs> Lovely having you on the show, bro. Thank you so much. Bro. Yeah. It's been lit. Always. <laughs> Always.